0: Hi, welcome to This Property Life podcast. I'm Mark Winship. I'm a property investor and mentor. And each week, my friends and I will be speaking to a very special guest about their adventures in property. This week, I'm talking to Jordan Kynock. Jordan is an inspiration for anybody who's looking to start out investing in property from a young age. Jordan was quickly able to replace the income from his job as a personal trainer and has since scaled his portfolio to give him the freedom to travel and to truly live his best life. In this episode, we hear Jordan talk extensively about raising money. There are some real nuggets in here about how to change your mindset towards money and how to leverage talking to people to find deals and attract investment. Jordan's positive, can-do attitude is infectious, and I know you're going to love this episode. Let's hear now from Jordan Kainop. Jordan, it's great to speak to you. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Thank you very much, Mark. Nice. Thanks
1: for having me. Yeah, I'm doing very well. Thank you.
0: Excellent. Good. You and I have known each other for a fair few months now, and and I'm sure it seems like every time I go on Facebook or Instagram or anything like that, I'm I'm bombarded by your latest deal or your your latest project. uh, It seems to be a lot going on for you, which is exciting at the moment.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Just uh, always, always trying to keep busy, trying to be small fish in a big pond, I like to call it. And, uh, keep chipping away every time trying to buy things, just following that system and process that we all know um, and just keep on building up the business.
0: Brilliant. Yeah, it sounds great. And we'll get into some of those deals in in a second, I'm sure. But I have to confess, although we have known each other for a while, I don't know a massive amount about your background and sort of how you got into property and that kind of thing. So I'm fascinated to sort of learn a bit about your backstory. And I I, I know you, um, what I do know is you you got started pretty young, right?
1: yeah that's correct i was um i was 22 coming on to 23 when i started to get into property wow. Um so when i first started up i was i kind of followed the traditional route um that you kind of get taught by your parents of you go to school you then go and go to university you get a degree you find a job so when i was doing that i kind of i didn't really know the full path i wanted to follow but i was a big sportsman i played a lot of competitive sport when i was younger and I kind of fell into doing personal training. It was something I enjoyed, I loved, but it was a very um, challenging job. So I was my own boss, I had my own private studio. So again, my name on the door, so it meant I had to work long hours to obviously make sure I covered the bills and make sure I had some money in my own pocket. So I was working six in the morning until nine at night, Monday to Friday. So at 22 23 years old it wasn't exactly the best of lifestyles I could ever have wished for when all my friends were out enjoying themselves I was uh training clients so yeah it was a it was a very early start for me looking into property because I could see the the differences that you could make and obviously the financial benefits and the time factor involved so that's where it kind of got me interested um and kind of taking being very different to the rest of my my friends and people of my age to, to kind of think property is going to be yeah. a good start and where I can I go from there.
0: Gonna, I was going to ask you about that because I, I know I remember what I was doing at 22, 23 years old and it certainly wasn't um, you know planning a property portfolio so sort of how you know how property, why property, where, where did that come from and, and you know did you find that you know you had to sort of um, live a different life or build different habits to maybe some of what your peer group were doing at that time?
1: yeah most definitely um when i when i was first getting started it was um was a lot of time and commitment into doing the property side of things so uh when i was busy every weekend going to view stinking smelly properties my friends were out playing golf or going to lunches or going out on nights out so um there was a big sacrifice personally i felt i had to make at the very beginning of my property journey because that was the only free time I had available was the weekends to go and do viewings Uh, because when I started to invest I wasn't investing anywhere near where I lived because the market just did not suit the the model which I needed to so I had to go a bit further afield Um, so I had to sacrifice my weekends to go to go there so yeah it was it was a it was a good 18 months or so of, of weekends that i was stinking in stinking smelly properties um using a lot of hand sanitizer and uh, sleeping sleeping in the airbnbs or hotels compared to being obviously doing the, the fun life but that obviously had led me led me in very good stead to where i am today within obviously my business
0: yeah and, I, and now you know obviously you've still got your foot flat on the accelerator with, with building your property business but also you know i do see plenty of photos of you you know with your snowboard out on the out on the uh, scottish hills so you're obviously starting to enjoy some of that passive income um if that's the right term for it i know um passive is is probably not the best description for it but you know flexibility of time and everything else how have how have things moved on for you now and, and where's your portfolio at so how many years are we to, how long have you been investing then so in total full
1: full investing is about four and a half to five years is full okay. on from when i left my job but within starting off in property it would be just over yeah. five years of of actually property investing
0: so what does um, your portfolio look like now then
1: God, so a wide, wide range, on, to be honest with you. So I I start off up in Scotland uh, within about an hour and 15 minutes drive from where I lived, um, Started to buy just one bedroom, two bedroom, buy to less, and that gradually moved into social housing. Um, there was a lot of need and um, want for that type of uh, demand in the area for the social housing and care. So started to build the portfolio quite well. Um, within the first... 18 months, I picked up uh, seven properties. So that was kind of where I needed to be to get out of that, to get out of my job, to cover my expenses. So my financial security came yeah. to having those seven buy-to-lets under my belt. And then since that point, I then sold sold up all my equipment, uh, gave up the lease in my studio, and then went full-time, hard foot to the floor of property investing. So yeah. it's now then expanded down south. So I do multi-lets and HMOs, uh, so I've built up a decent little portfolio of that strategy. Um, I'm doing flips as well. So I've actually just got uh, two flips that I'm currently doing at the present time, um, plus doing a couple more buy-to-lets. Uh, so it's, it's kind of developed and, and varied over a few. I've done a commercial in the past, but I kind of just stick to my cookie cutters, my, my nice yeah. simple projects, which doesn't have to be overwhelming, over uh, dwelling to me. But yeah, lifestyle, it's, um, it certainly has changed, that is for sure. Um, like you said, being able to, on a Wednesday afternoon when it was snowing up here, I was able to just go up to the, the hills and, and snowboard, when obviously a lot of friends were stuck working and doing their own business. So, again, I'm allowing my business to run for itself. I travel the world a lot. I love to travel. Again, I'm not at the stage of uh, family or children yet. So yep. I've, uh, I've got that little bit more flexibility compared to a lot of others um so yeah i I normally do australia every year for six to seven weeks in january and february because scottish weather at that time of the year isn't quite um quite so nice so i'd rather hit uh, the beaches at bondi or qg and and kind of enjoy myself so yeah it's, it's given me a huge amount of flexibility um and it's given me a life that i could have only dreamt of initially but it allows me to do what i want where i want and when i want which um i can never i can never appreciate it as much as, as actually living it and, and enjoying it yeah. to this day
0: so our, our listeners are probably divided right now i'd imagine they're either <laughs> depressed and very jealous because they wish they'd started at 23 years old i know i did um or you know they're they they're, they're genuinely interested and in, and what would you say to Somebody who was, you know, younger and, and, and thinking about property, or was interested in, in getting involved in property, and, and where they might have concerns around kind of credibility, raising finance, you know, all the things that you might think are blocks for getting started in property when mm-hmm. you're young. What what's been your experience of that, and what advice would you give those guys?
1: Yeah, the um, the very beginning when I started, I. The, the knowledge I had of property was only from TV shows. So DIY, SOS, Homes in the Hammer, Grand Designs. I was a student, so I had a lot of daytime, <laughs> daytime watching of TV. So I did not have any knowledge to begin with or capital. I was 23 years old. So I had to be very, very creative in my strategy to then build up funds to buy property. Yeah. So I used heavily on private investors or angel investors to to basically buy buy my portfolio. And I still do that to this day, even six years down the line, I'm still heavily using private investors to, to build this portfolio up. Um, so when starting off though, it kind of helped that I did not have any money whatsoever. So it made me more hungry to do everything it could be and ha- everything I had to do to get out there and actually raise the funds. Um, but, Everyone has this perception and I've heard it many times from other friends uh, who are of similar age or when I first started. I need to have my own property first before I can buy a buy to let. That's what a mortgage advisor told me. Or no one's going to lend to me at 23 years old. The, in the place away, that is complete rubbish. There is no reason why you cannot get a mortgage. You cannot get lending. You just have to fit certain criteria points. So I just made sure that my... I was still earning. I was still making some money from my personal training, so I hit the threshold that I needed to to raise and uh, to raise money to buy the property. And initially, I started buying it my own personal name because that was the most tax deductible expense, and mm-hmm. uh, that's what my accountant had advised me to do, uh, who was property specific accountant as well. So I just listened to the peers around me. I listened to my team to give me the best knowledge and and tell me the best route to follow. Um, and yeah. And that's kind of where it's gone. So, so yeah, from people starting out at the same age, or even if they're younger, then don't be afraid. Don't be scared. We almost have a bit more, um, a bit more cojones to us because we're not bothered by if someone doesn't like us. If if someone says no to me. I've never really took it to heart because I knew I just had to move on to the next next person. And I've had plenty of rejection over my life in many, many, many different situations. (laughs) So you kind of build up that thick skin to then
0: to then just take on the next challenge. So thinking back to your first angel investor, obviously, I'm not going to ask you to share who it was or anything like that. But do you remember how you you know, how, how you sort of made it attractive to them. You know, what, what was it, how did you sell it to them to come on board with you? Obviously before you'd had a you know a deal on the table before you had much of a track record, how, how did you go about doing that? Do you remember?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was, um, <laughs> it was actually one of my own personal training clients. So one of the biggest bits of advice I learned and I now tell everyone else is you, you start with your people close to you in your kind of inner circle People that you know well, they have trust in you, they respect you, because they will then know you are being genuine. So the one biggest thing that I always did was I never once asked someone for money. I just told someone the opportunity that I was giving, then I could be able to make them a lot more money than what their money their money would be doing currently in the bank. So I just had to be very creative and and like a lot in this in this economy and in this population and in the UK, no one relates to talk about money. Mm. So I had to be very cautious of who I was speaking to, to make sure that they weren't offended by it. But it was it was out of the norm for someone of even an age like myself to go and speak to someone about investing. Yeah. So when I did, they take they took notes and they were interested in what I was saying. So I always just approached it and said, I've got a great opportunity. Um, i'm investing in property properties as safe as houses quite literally you can give a lot of security against the 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 deal Mm -hmm. so that's how i first began with my inner close circle and then i basically allowed them to speak highly of me to their their circles so my first investor she after she got the money back from the refinance she then told her sister so her sister Uh, My first investor, she then went away on holiday with the family and that was the interest that I paid her paid for that holiday. So she basically got a free holiday for me. So when her sister asked how you're affording this holiday, she said, oh, Jordan paid for it. So when she was then thinking, so how, I thought you were married to so-and-so and and not Jordan. And she was like, yeah, yeah, I'm (laughs) still married to him, but Jordan's an investor. I give him my money and then I get this return and that's allowed me to pay for this. So then her sister got involved. That then paid for her to get brand new windows in her house, and then she's obviously passing on the recommendations to her friends, and it started it's built and built and built from there. So I'm kind of making other people do the the hard groundwork for me to to raise my investors, and and yeah. I'm obviously just giving them that that great returns which I can offer.
0: Yeah. And so, you, a lot of it, would you say, comes down to mindset. You've talked about having the right sort of mindset to money and dealing with rejection and, and that sort of thing. So, would you say a lot of it comes down to having the right mindset to money? Definitely,
1: definitely. Mindset is is crucial, and I've I've definitely worked hard on that myself. Again, when I first started, you think who who on earth is going to give me even ten thousand pounds never mind a hundred thousand pounds to go and buy yeah. property, but it's it's the way that you approach the person. So my mindset of, I'm I'm helping them create more money than the banks. They're not technically helping me because I could go and find any other investor around my network or the country that would want to do the same thing. So you've got to have that mindset of, again, you are the one in control. Uh, you are the one that is the experienced person. So that's one thing I learned very quickly was the most the majority of people I was speaking to didn't actually know much about property at all. They maybe knew from watching stuff on TV or they knew something about buying their own home, but that was it. They didn't know about investing. So with the, the amount of knowledge I gained from the education and my peers around me, yeah. then that allowed me to show my experience, it allowed me to show my knowledge and expertise to give that trust and that um, security that they could feel comfortable with with doing the deal.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a really interesting way of sort of turning it on its head, isn't it, when you start to think in terms of how you have the potential to actually help people, genuinely help people. Yeah. Um, you know, I've I've got this deal funded, essentially, but I, I'd much rather give you a great return and see you as my my friend or my family member or whatever it is, benefit from that than a, than a bank or a bridging loan company or whatever it might be. And that sort of slightly puts a different spin on it, doesn't it? Definitely. And it is, like I said, it's helped.
1: I've been able to give investors money back that's helped for their children's education. I've given enough investments back over a period of time to pay for someone's deposit on their own home. And it's a win-win situation. So that's one other bit of mindset I'd always remember is it's a win-win. You're giving someone a return, but they're also helping you buy a property and obviously producing an asset. So mindset definitely is a big big, um, key factor in investing in property in the beginning but also just continuously making sure that you are um honorable you are respectful you you know where your ground your ground is so if someone tries to kind of demand or ask for more money out of you compared to what you're offering them then you just stand your ground we're never desperate for money we're because the deal the deal will always pay for the the uh, funding
0: yeah now I'm dying to ask you about, and this is this is linked to raising money in a roundabout kind of way, but I'm dying to ask you about your champagne cork collection. I know I've seen it on Instagram and I've heard you talk about it before, but tell us about your champagne corks and and how that relates to raising money.
1: Of course, no, you're going to make me look bad for being a Scottish drinking person. So <laughs> I suppose it fits in quite well with uh with what we're like. But it was um it was very early on. It was someone told me that you always have to celebrate your successes. So, in in the in the kind of busy lifestyle, we get kind of caught up with what we're doing, and we just always want to chase the next deal. We always want to just chase onto something different. But it's always really good to reflect, take a step back, and to see what you have achieved. So, um, a good friend of mine was basically doing that. She was celebrating successes and popping bottles of fizz. So. I basically then took that on and and kind of started doing it myself. So my first ever deal I got accepted, I popped a bottle of fizz and I celebrated it with my family. And then it was the next deal I got when it was, when we actually bought the property, I then popped another bottle. So I continuously just started to, I need great success. I used that, but I then took it into using that as raising money. So when I was starting to get by these properties at 23, 24 years old, I was going around to my friend's houses and, we're going for like before we're going out for uh, dinners, or if we're going out for a night out, or even just before a rugby game, then everyone would be with the cans of beer and their um, their rums. But I was turning up a bottle of fizz or a bottle of champagne, and they would be looking at me, thinking, "What are you all about?" Yeah. But then I was obviously celebrating, and they would question, "Why am I celebrating?" "Oh, I've just bought a new property, and just want to celebrate it with you lads." So that then got them talking and was interested about what I was doing. So again, I wasn't ever throwing it down their necks. I was just wanting to celebrate it with them and, and kind of let that dangle in the carrot under the nose and that back burner to, to ask them or them to know what I was physically doing. So I've just done that and, and gradually built up. So I've, I've kind of moved on to my second big vase. So I've, I've filled it up quite uh, considerably for all my obviously great success I've been able to celebrate. And, and I kind of used that as a tool. So when fre- people were coming around to my house, they would see this vase of carts and they'd, every court would have something written on it. So it'd have the, the property deal, how much I bought it for, when I bought it. And then they would ask, what are these? And then I'd pick them out and say, oh, that's this property, that's this success, etc." And it got, I had a new conversation. So it was almost like a, a feature piece that I had in the kitchen or on the dining table. And it was just something to start. So yeah, it was, um, I still do it to this day. Uh, I'm needing to actually pop another two corks from the two successes so it's always fun it's always enjoyment but um i always make sure i drink responsibly of course yeah.
0: <laughs> it's such a great conversation starter though isn't it you know and i've seen you post a picture of it on instagram and that in itself is a conversation starter you know people are like well what's that about why, why is he collecting you know it just it just sort of sows seeds and just you know gets people interested in what you're doing and i know you're you're active on that front in social media so obviously you know you've grown your network of investors from friends and family but but now you know also h- how are you using social media as a, as a tool and a platform to to potentially reach out to potential investors
1: yes um it's been it's been something which i've been kind of focused on but i never i never kind of overwhelm people with the amount of posts i do so i am my business so again jordan kind of i've got my own business yeah. Uh, and it's under my own company name, but I don't want to bombard people because there's so many property investors out there. There's so many pages that people will see the same thing over and over again. So I let people just see me as who I am. Again, I'm I'm. There's nothing too special or um, fancy about me. I just live live a simple life that I enjoy and make the most of it. But every so often, when I have something good. I'll, or even bad and it's a learning, I'll post about it and let people know so I can help educate them and and that can give people the understanding of what I actually do. So there was a, actually a girl who had been following me for years and years, I've known her uh, throughout the whole of school and I hadn't spoken to her for about 13 years at this point, I don't know if that's showing my age now of when I was last at school but um, so basically she'd been following me for all this time and she'd never commented or posted about a, something, but I just said, I got this new deal and I managed to refinance it and then pay the investor back. And she just private messaged me to ask how she can do that with me because she's got some money in the bank. She doesn't know what to do with it. She can see my experience and my knowledge over the past six years, how can she get involved? So, um, so yeah, social media has been great for I can, help people and let people understand the type of business I do, but also for them to look out for their own selves and make sure that they are um,
0: yeah.
1: doing the correct deals or just make sure they're not doing the, the deals which are gonna be detrimental to them.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what's, I'm not gonna ask you what's been your favorite deal because every time I ask that, everyone says it's their first deal. So I, I wanna know what's your, what's your best deal? What, what What's the best deal you've done to date? Okay,
1: very good question. Um, I'd probably say I've got one for my best as actual outfit of what I've designed the property and then I've probably got my best as kind of the the numbers side of things. So of course, as you said, everyone loves their first deal. And yes, it was special because it was getting on the block, but um, probably being able to do a negotiation of, there was a deal I went in for and um, I was just walking the streets because I was already in my investment area, walking down the streets and I walked past this lady that was standing outside her door. And again, being as friendly as I can, I just said, good afternoon, how are you? Because um, I was interested in the area, I was already investing there, but I was always on the hunt for new properties. So when I was walking down the street, I uh, started to speak to this lady and they, she was very friendly. I just asked uh, what she's doing today and she was waiting on an estate agent coming to appraise her house because she was looking to sell it straight away from myself that is big ching 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 alarm bells flashing knowing that is a great opportunity so I've, I spoke to her and I said well I actually invest in this area I've just got one around the corner and I would be looking to potentially buy your property from you I might be able to save you from um, paying estate agency fees and having to go through that hassle I can make it a nice easy transition for you so she then obviously showed me the the house, had a view around it and I basically asked her what her bottom dollar is for the property. So she was saying, oh, I need 85 as my, my bottom dollar. And I was like, right, okay, no problem. I'm looking in the market for around about 70,000 here because that's what I bought the last one. And I just said to her, do you mind just giving me a week's uh, saving grace and a week's kind of, um, for, for me to have a chance to speak to my builder and find out how it was. Gave her a call back five days later, already knowing what my cost was will be because of, I'm doing one currently around the corner. I've just completed one a couple months further down the line. And I asked her what her bottom line was. And she was like, oh, so it was 80,000. So straight away, she I've reduced 5,000 pounds from her for just asking her the question again. Yeah. I then told her, um, right, I'm in the deal for 70. I kind of said that to you during the during our first conversation so how about we meet in the middle at 75 and she said sure so basically for me being walking down the street to have a conversation with the lady within within 5 days i then managed to get a deal accepted which was 10,000 less than what she was wanting the agent was saying she would be able to get to about 90 95 for the sale and i managed to negotiate on 75 and then that deal turned it into a four-bedroom multi-let. It was, um, it was refinanced at the value I wanted it. So I managed to pull out almost all my money, leaving just about £8,000 in. So it was almost 100% ROI um, deal. And yeah, it was a nice, quick, swift, quick one for just being in the right place at the right time and taking the opportunity. So if I did sell that, I could have made almost £40,000 in profit if I sell, sold it. But I'd rather keep it for my for my cash flow. Um, so that's that was one which was probably one of my favorite for just that opportunity. Yeah. And then kind of bring that price down. But one of my other favorites was just the time scale on one. So I was viewing this property and putting an offer and it then took 13 months from when I first viewed the property for actually getting the offer accepted. And it was a small, um, it was actually a small studio flat that I was buying, but I knew I could convert it into a one bedroom flat. So the, the seller just was not budging whatsoever. They were not willing to take it. And of, of course I kept on contacting the agents, telling them that I'm the best offer, still sitting on the market. Um, so yeah, more the tenacity and my kind of will to hold it out for a period of time. But when it came to that, the 30 months down the line, I actually started speaking to a different agent in the practice because the communication I originally had, that agent had left. So I basically had the conversation with them and they asked what my offer was because they couldn't find it on the system. So of course, naturally, I brought down my price slightly from what I was originally offering yeah. and then they managed to accept it. So yeah, it was a, I saved myself another 1,500 quid from uh, from my original offer. So those are probably two of my most memorable that I have in my head for just the, the deals that I've done and, and actually the enjoyment of getting the deal and then processing it through with, with then finishing off and and I still have them in my portfolio today.
0: Great. Fantastic. And getting started at such a young age, it, it can't have been all plain sailing and, and, and not everything can have gone smoothly. I know, you know, we, we're still making mistakes and learning from them. So, you know, what what have been some of your biggest mistakes or challenges or, or things that you've learned along the way, do you think? Um, yeah, there's certainly been a few that
1: has... Uh, there have been learnings for sure. One when I first started, it was probably the this I was too scared to actually ask for help. That was a big one for myself. I again being young, I didn't want to look silly. I didn't want to come across being um I didn't know what I was talking about. So I actually kept myself to myself at the very beginning, and that probably did hinder me in my progression by by some margin, where I could have probably bought a couple properties sooner than I actually did. So being able to actually ask for help and support and and show that you don't know everything. And even to this day, as I'm sure you'll agree, we learn, we're learned constantly every single time there's a change in the, the market, there's a change in regulations and rules from the government. So um that was one big learning I'd have to say is the is making sure I kind of I don't know everything. So look look around the support I have around me to to be able to ask those questions and and kind of speed up the process and make sure I've got someone holding my hand every step of the way. Um, But other than that, I would say just the being able to let go of team members if when you need to. So I've had, I've been very uh, fortunate I've got, I've had a great set of team members and builders and brokers, accountants throughout my whole journey, taking it from experience of other people that are using them. Um, but I had a builder, and I probably just held on to him for a bit longer because his the work that they were doing it was still good. But I could see over periods of time that the standards were just dropping slightly. I was having to pick up more snagging issues mm-hmm. throughout. From when I would be seeing, the first couple of projects were fantastic, and then I maybe the fourth or fifth one, the standards were just slipping a bit, and I had to pull them up on it. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I should have just realized to to cut ties move on to a new builder who was gonna be at that level I wanted to be in, and the standard that I, I will always want to give my properties because I like to be the best on the street. That's kind of my motto of, even though it's for a rental property, I still like it to be one of the highest standards on the street to, to make sure that I am getting the best tenants in there, the best rent, and obviously the best value. So yeah, that would probably be another learning of just, if someone's not performing well for you and you're not happy with them in your business, make sure you, you cut ties on a, on obviously a respectful manner but then you move on to someone else afterwards
0: yeah that's really interesting because it's it's kind of like two sides to the same coin isn't it like you have to have a team you can't do it on your own and you, you shouldn't feel that you need to do it on your own it's about knowing knowing people that know the answers if you don't know the answers yourself kind of thing but at the same time Just understanding that ultimately the buck does stop with you and and you're you're leading your team, if you like, and being prepared to make those difficult decisions as you go through. I would definitely agree. So, okay, so you must have seen hundreds, if not thousands of smelly rundown properties over the last five or so years or however long it's been. What's been the strangest thing that you've seen on a property viewing, do you think? Oh, God, that
1: is... uh into my archives
0: <laughs> there's
1: there's been a few i I'll, 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 I'll i can give you three good solid examples <laughs> of some um there was one which i found very peculiar that was uh a lady had put a cat flap underneath her sink in her bathroom right. so she then had a cat's the cat's house was underneath the sink in the bathroom so when i went to view it obviously there was just this massive cat flap under the sink which was just a bit peculiar i had never yeah. seen that before i yeah. have to admit um it was one where i'm sure a lot of us see it a lot of the time but there was a uh, kind of previous drug dens so that was always quite interesting walking in and seeing like the police had obviously been there and they'd they graded it and you saw plant pots with without any of the the drug paraphernalia but they had the plant pots just scattered around with electric boards everywhere and um yeah, just the windows were all blacked out. So that was that was quite an interesting one. And and you had to kind of, the way to get into the property, you had to literally unscrew the door to get in because the bolts had been shot. So yeah. the police or join us had put about, I mean, I'd probably say about 10 centimetres long screws mm-hmm. bolting through the door. So unfortunately, at that point when I started, I never had an electric uh, screwdriver. So mm-hmm. I only had a handheld in my in my car so i was there for about half an hour unscrewing all these screws four, just um, four arms like Popeye. yes pretty much pretty much um but apart from that there's i mean there's there's so many to, to pick from to be honest there's been some peculiar ones of um tenants actually were still living in the property mm. and there was a bathroom which was almost a scene out of train spotting wow. so not the most um you had to have a, a strong stomach. I have to admit, when you walked into that one, it was uh, it was quite a, a sight for sore eyes. Uh, but this person was still physically living in the property at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's there's always wacky and wonderful things that we see. There's never a there's never a dull moment when mm-hmm. you're going yeah. to the property and, and viewing some uh, some properties. That's for sure.
0: So, what's the one piece of advice then that you'd give to somebody who is? You know, wanting to follow in your footsteps, do a similar thing. What what what's the one piece of advice you'd give them? Uh, one piece of advice would be
1: um, follow in the footsteps of someone that has already done what you want to achieve. Okay, I'd say that. So again, have someone who is further down the line from you. You can ex- take knowledge from their ex- uh, take knowledge from their experience, um, take guidance from them. And and see what someone's doing because, there like I said, there's a lot of people that think they know about property, but really they don't. So the only way to really understand so about property investing is listening to someone who is already investing in property. So that would probably be my biggest bit of advice: is following the footsteps of of others that have done what you want to achieve. Yeah.
0: Perfect, sound advice. So, what's next for you then? Where are you going next with your uh, with your property journey? Do you think I know you've got a few projects currently on the go? But what's in the pipeline for you? Do you think? Um, yes, yeah, so I've got a couple. Uh, I've just got one offer accepted two weeks
1: ago, which is great. Um, another flip, which is coming to an end. So those are kind of the things that they run themselves. So I don't really need to get involved too much anymore because yeah. the team and the processes are already set up. But there's, um, I'm looking into a bit more bigger scale stuff, looking at maybe look um, stuff with the with charities and special needs and getting larger old commercial units and being able to convert them into special needs facilities for, for the vulnerable. Um, so working with charities and and obviously uh, other benefactors around the country to, to do that. And then, yeah, kind of building up, doing a bit more commercial stuff uh, there's a lot of opportunities at the moment especially with the high streets and what's going on so that's kind of something that I've been um' I'm working away at and, and kind of targeting as my my next steps. so that's put a bit more focus in on top of just the usual usual lets and multilets and HMOs. so yeah it's all um that's all pretty exciting and and kind of still not stopping anytime soon I'm uh, <laughs> I've got plenty more time still to go before I want to kind of want to slow
0: down and, and pack it in. Excellent. Can't wait to see some of that come online. Jordan, it's been fantastic speaking to you. Uh, So many nuggets there for anybody either starting out or looking to scale their own property portfolio. If people did want to reach out to you or follow your progress, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: The best way is just on Facebook or Instagram. So just my name, Jordan Kynock, so spelling K-Y-N-O-C-H as a surname and you'll see all my, all my progress, my posts and everything else, which is coming up in the future on that platform.
0: Perfect. Jordan, thank you so much. It's been great to speak to you.
1: Thank you very much for having me, Mark. Been a pleasure. See you later.
0: Bye. Well, I hope you were taking notes during that episode. So many useful tips and tricks to help you in your own property journey. If you want to connect with Jordan, you can also do that over on the Property Wealth System community page on Facebook, along with lots of other investors, mentors, and property people. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you can keep up to speed with all of our latest interviews, panel shows, and deal diaries. I will catch you on the next episode.